Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the link in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 87. Kyoto, Japan. The Hungry Ghost Month will begin soon. And with that ominous time of year comes lots of stories about the supernatural in Southeast Asia. It is, understandably, a busy period for me. Which is why I was hesitant to take on any more interviews before then. And certainly not keen on ones with stories from beyond our region. A friend, however, told me about Jenny, his colleague at the art school where he teaches. Jenny's encounter takes place in a small inn in Kyoto, and a mutual friend insisted that I'd want to hear about it. I protested politely at first, but eventually relented. I've learned to trust my friend's instincts when it comes to these types of accounts. After all, it is how I've managed to collect so many of them. Jenny and I are meeting this evening at a coffee shop in Tuapayo. As Jenny arrives, she greets me in a voice so soft that it's nearly drowned out by all the noise. Taking a seat opposite me, she says, almost apologetically, I honestly don't really like to tell this story. But every time I've told it, it feels like a weight is lifted off my shoulders. So maybe telling it to someone like you might help me even more. I tell her that I certainly hope so. But what I don't say is that I'm definitely intrigued now. We order our drinks, and before they arrive, I fish out my recorder, suggest that Jenny speaks up just a little, then ask her to start from the beginning. When Jenny was 11, her family went on vacation in Kyoto. Her parents, her younger brother Alan, and herself met up with her aunt who lived there. My dad's a vegetarian, so Auntie Lily booked us a stay at this inn where they only served tofu dishes, she says. The inn itself was small and very old. Most of its entire structure, from its frame to its floors, were made of wood, and its doors of paper. Unsurprisingly, when Jenny and her family arrived at the inn and stepped out of Auntie Lily's car, 
They were all awestruck. We had never seen anything like it, she says, smiling at the memory. Not in person anyway. Because there were five of them, Auntie Lily had booked the largest room. It was, of course, still tiny compared to the hotels and service apartments that they were used to. But it felt cozy, having the family all together, and that more than made up for it. Jenny says that most of their week-long trip was genuinely wonderful. They visited touristy spots, snapped a bunch of family photos on her dad's film camera, and ate lots of sushi. I know it sounds really typical, she says, but that doesn't make it any less lovely. The one thing that made Jenny feel uneasy, though, was the sound of footsteps just outside their room. She says that there was a perfectly rational reason for the footsteps. The corridor outside the room led to the bathroom, so it made sense that she would hear footsteps at all hours. But there was just something about the sound of feet padding across the wooden floor that upset her. Not enough to ruin the holiday, though. At least... Not at first. Not until their fifth night there. I was feeling strange from the moment we went to bed that night, Jenny says. Which was already odd, since what could feel more secure for an 11-year-old than being surrounded by a family? Everyone else seemed to fall asleep pretty quickly. But Jenny remained wide awake. The footsteps had continued throughout most of the night. Quick, successive thumps of other guests who needed to use the bathroom. When they started, Jenny pulled her blanket up to her nose. It was my go-to move whenever I was scared, she says. But I think it's the same move for most kids, right? But at around three in the morning, those quick successive thumps suddenly turned into slow, purposeful footsteps. And they stopped right in front of her room's door. Immediately, Jenny pulled the blanket over her head and did her very best to pretend to sleep, hoping that whoever or whatever was outside would just walk away. It didn't. Instead, the door slid open. Someone, some thing, walked in. Jenny says that it felt like it had a female energy to it, even though it didn't entirely feel human. 
She could sense that the creature was slowly making its way across the room, stopping in front of each family member's bed. It would then stare down at them, watching them sleep, inspecting them. It started with her parents, then on to her brother, and then it made its way to Jenny's bed. She heard as it walked across the floor towards her. She held her breath and lay completely still under the blanket. Tears started to stream down her face, but she stopped herself from sobbing. Soon, the creature was standing at the foot of her bed. She could feel it watching her. Just don't move, she had told herself. If you don't move, you'll just move on to Auntie Lily and then leave. But it didn't move on. Instead, it climbed onto her bed and lay right beside her. Whatever it was, it certainly felt human, or at least humanoid, next to Jenny. But it wasn't breathing. It was just curled up in a ball and looking right at her. She could feel its eyes on her through the blanket, watching. Was it waiting for her to move? Did it want her to move? Silently, Jenny started reciting every single prayer she knew. I don't think I've ever been more religious, she says, laughing nervously. Within a minute, however, just as deliberately as it had laid down on the bed, the creature stood back up. It walked across the room to Auntie Lily's bed now. It stood there, watching her too, but not for very long. It then slid the door open and left. I could hear its footsteps as it walked down the corridor, Jenny says. Soon enough, thank God it was gone. Jenny tried to wake her mum up to tell her what happened, but her mother remained fast asleep. She was never a sound sleeper, so this only made me feel even more terrified, she says. All she could do was to lay back down and try to fall asleep, which as it turns out, wasn't that difficult. Jenny soon slipped into a troubled sleep, 
only to be woken up again two hours later by the sound of screaming from the young mother in the room next door. The only other occupant was the woman's infant, which remained disturbingly silent for far too long, while her mother's cries filled the night. Her scream was so loud that it finally woke Jenny's mom up. The rest of their family, however, remained fast asleep. Both Jenny and her mother sat in their beds hand in hand, too scared to find out what was happening, hoping against all hope that the child was alright. Eventually, thankfully, the mother stopped screaming and the baby started crying. None of us went to find out what had happened, Jenny tells me. No emergency vehicles came, but none of us saw the mother or the child for the remaining two days. Jenny says that that last night, she didn't hear one person running to the toilet. After they had checked out though, Auntie Lily did some digging about that inn. As it turned out, Jenny says, it was located near a shrine and a, a cemetery. Jenny remains quiet for a while after telling me her story. I ask her how she feels and she says, with her tone more confident than when she first arrived, I still hate talking about it, but I do feel a bit better. I tell her that that's good. She thanks me as she finishes her drink and gets up to leave. I only hope that every one of my interviewees feels the same way after sharing with me their stories during the Hungry Ghost Month. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media. You can also be one of our supporters on Patreon. Look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps is a Huntu production created by Kyle Ong and Wayne Ray with art direction by Jolene Lim and recorded on Audio-Technica mics.